Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And our Heavenly Father, we we ask that in fitting us for heaven, we might be that much more fit for earth, that we might be a people that show forth the reality of your presence with us. Open us up, O Lord, now to your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, I checked, and there's nothing in the Bible that says that we have to do the doxology during the offering. <laughs> if there is, I know that Don will catch me at some point with this. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm also aware that so many churches just do Advent hymns, and some of them are so doggone obscure. And um, so, you know, we're going to, I'm sorry, but we've got Jesus born already <laughs> with our hymns. But it's okay because we need to sing these magnificent carols. And I don't know about you, but I do listen to uh you know, the radio stations that'll play uh, Christmas carols. And I listen to the Christian station, and they've kind of rock and rolled them. And um, I, I don't like it that much. Um, and, and then I listen to some of the others, and, and yes, we've got some carols, but for the most part, it's these, uh, you know, jingle bell type things. And so, which I love also. But church... We need to do these carols. We need to keep these alive and keep them going. And so, um, so I'm going to sort of break the liturgical mold and we'll continue to do these right into and through and beyond Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and our text this morning is from Matthew. Last week we looked at the, uh, the account of Mary and the angel Gabriel And somewhere along the line, she had to tell Joseph. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus' mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. I did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Behold, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. 
but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. They knew back in the first century how babies came into the world. They weren't as some moderns like to think. Brutish in their thinking or foolish in their presumptions. They were people just like we are. They're not dumb. They weren't dumb. And so when when Mary became pregnant, and, and we don't have a really good, good sense of the time frame in all of this, but at some point she did have to sit down with Joseph. Joseph loved her. Joseph saw her as the most magnificent creation ever made. Joseph saw her as a good man sees the woman he loves. Flawless, untrammeled beauty. And, And Mary probably knew this. I think most women realize they've got all the power. She knew that Joseph loved her. And this had to be a very hard conversation. Because... This happened, never happened before. There were no, there was no precedent to this. There was no, nothing that anticipated this. And, And this obscure passage from Isaiah, well, the church didn't really figure that one out until after the resurrection. And so it was, it was tough. And these two young people, Joseph, in all likelihood, early to mid-twenties. Mary, her mid-teens. And where do they find language? Where do they find a way of speaking? Now, I work out at LA Fitness, and I'm surrounded by these guys who've got great big muscles and tats on them. And, and um, <laughs> some of these guys look really mean. And um, I'll joke around with them. I'll go up, go up every now and then I'll, to one of these huge guys. And I'll, Do you need any help with that weight? I can. Uh... <laughs> but there is a, there's kind of a masculinity or a, some definitions of masculinity that says that, um, you know, a real man wouldn't put up with that. A real man. Well, Joseph was a real man. And I, I just believe that when Joseph heard this, he was, he was so human that he absolutely was devastated. And, and he was deeply hurt. And anger is a secondary emotion after his hurt, he may have gotten angry. And after he got angry, he may have settled down a little bit. God willing, he never did anything to this dear woman that he loved. 
But in his anger, he thought about what he should do. He thought about what he could do. Well, he was engaged to her, and in the first century, engagement was as good as marriage. It had all the power of marriage, and except that they were to wait for one year, and then they were to come together after the engagement, and then they would have uh, joined each other in, their, in a single home after the marriage ceremony. But they were to be engaged for a year while all the community watched so carefully how those two behaved themselves. It's kind, of, it's kind of fun, in a sense. And yet, to break the engagement took actual divorce proceedings, which means that he had to go to the synagogue and file with the, the priest of the synagogue. So that's what he decided to do. And, and he would move on, put the whole thing in the rearview mirror, and just carry on with life. And we're not critical of this. We, we understand this. But we also have to understand this is all happening at the horizontal level of existence. So far, all we're looking at is a relationship into which has come a real breach by her pregnancy. And, and then he's trying to figure out in relationship with her, in relationship with the larger community, what he can do. He figures out what is legal to do. And at the same time, because he loves this woman, he didn't want her besmirched with this, and so he wanted to do it all quietly as if in a small community, anything of this sort can be done quietly. But at least he was gonna try. But again, everything is on the horizontal level so far. And, and for the most part, that's where we live our lives. We live our lives thinking, what can we do? What are we capable of doing? What is it we can reasonably accomplish? What is legal? And and sometimes, what can we get away with? Because all we're thinking about is on this level. And there's a problem with that. If we don't, if we don't ultimately begin to think about what is the right thing to do, what is the honorable thing to do, then we can do any number of things that can give us all kinds of heartache and trouble and cause all kinds of pain. Because if we have a particular thing in mind that we want, that we want to get, and we don't think of anything other than just getting that thing, we can become evil in our pursuit. Joseph was in a position where the huge temptation here, and he was being tempted. He was, the temptation here was was to do something wrong. There are medieval paintings that show Joseph sitting and talking to the devil during this time. The temptation to do something really wrong. You know, it's interesting because W.H. Auden has compared this challenge to what he, what, in a chapter that he calls 
the temptation of Joseph. He's compared it to Adam. Adam, after the temptation and after the fall, blamed Eve. He put it on her. He didn't take responsibility for himself. He said, well, the woman, she, she gave me this and I ate it. Blamed her. Joseph is facing a similar temptation. She's at fault. I'm innocent. And I can maybe get out of this with my skin. J.R. Tolkien writes, wrong behavior is progressive always. It never stops at being not very good or second best. It either reforms or goes on to third-rate, bad, abominable. And we see that all the time. If all we're aware of is what we can do, what we can get away with, how can we get out with our skin? We can become third-rate, bad, abominable. So that's where Joseph is. And he goes to bed at night and has a dream. And the angel comes to him in a dream. Now, I don't know about you, every now and then I have very graphic dreams. But I wake up and sometimes I think, oh, good, it was only a dream. Other times, of course, oh, it was a dream, doggone. (laughs) But a dream is a dream. But what the dream did is it established for Joseph an awareness of the vertical dimension. To do what is right by God. To let the Lord have his way. And to let the Lord speak to him in this very hard and difficult situation. And in that dream, Gabriel, the the angel who spoke to him, said this, go ahead and take her. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, whatever that means. And so Joseph woke up, probably mulled about it for a while. But then he had a, I believe, a deep sense of relief. This woman whom he loved, this woman to whom he promised his life, this woman that he would gladly die for. Well, in a sense, he will do whatever it takes to salvage their relationship. And he has now given a new understanding of the nature of his relationship, not just with her, but with God and with the larger community. And so at some point along the way, the two of them went ahead and had a ceremony early. And again, the whole community snickers at this when a couple doesn't make it that full year. They have the the ceremony early. They come into their home together. And they don't have any relations until after the child is born, which was a common Jewish practice. And that is that the the child in the womb was honored in that way, as was the mother. And so they come together as, as husband and wife. And the fascinating thing about this 
is that Joseph now is willing to take on any of the potential reproach for Mary's pregnancy. He is now standing as a man willing to take responsibility and to assume the reproach. Real manhood stands on behalf of others and takes full responsibility. Real manhood is what we see evidence here in the, in the life of Joseph as he stands and, and takes her, this pregnant young woman, terrified about life and brings her into his care. And as it all unfolds, this story doesn't leave Joseph and Mary. It doesn't leave Jesus. Years later, he's arguing with the Pharisees and the scribes about being who's true children of Abraham and who's a real Jew. And those religious leaders say, well, we're not children of fornication. And another time when he went back home, when Jesus went back home to, to Nazareth, well, isn't this the carpenter's son, in quotes? So it never left them. The reproach was theirs. And there's always a price to pay when we take seriously our relationship with God and we let that relationship with God define our, our horizontal relationships and our, our horizontal behaviors. There's a price to pay. We, we deal with all kinds of difficulties in life and when we are determined to do what God would have us do, there's a price. And in that way, we, men and women both, we show that we belong to God, that Christ is with us. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have conquered the world. You'll have trouble, but be true, be faithful. I, I, of course, I tell stories about my family growing up, and um, more than once, I remember Dad getting in trouble. Uh, Mom never was in trouble. Dad was always the one in trouble, for one thing or another. But then on those Saturday afternoons or Sunday afternoons when I'd go out with Dad, one of the recurring phrases he would use was, your mother is always right, even when she's wrong. Your mother is always right. He stood on behalf of his beloved bride. And so it is that we, taking on the example, in this case of, of the man who became the, the stepfather of, of the Lord, the example that Joseph left was one who took reproach on himself. So Jesus grew up in a household where at a particular time, he knew he would take on himself the, the reproach of the whole world.
And in that reality, we rejoice. Will you join me in prayer? Thank you, Lord, for there is much in this world that is progressive toward that which is third-rate, bad, and abominable. And we have to live with it. We have to live amongst it. But Lord, we need not comply. We can stand against, and we can stand for. And so, Lord, give us that courage to stand for you, for your Son, for those we love, for the truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.